Good morning, everybody. This is Will Richardson. I'd like to welcome you to the first edition of the 10X Advisors podcast. And today I'm here with Curtis Estes, a top financial advisor based in Los Angeles, and Dan Sullivan, co-founder of Strategic Coach. And today we're going to talk about the idea behind this podcast, the kinds of things that are going to be discussed, and also some of Dan's reflections on how he's seen the best advisors that he's coached uh, really implement some things and, and transform their businesses in a, in a 10x way. And um, Curtis, I thought it'd be fun if, if you could start by giving us the vision that, that you and I had and what you and Dan were talking about uh, last time you were together in Toronto as this idea was formed. strategic coach and uh, seeing that uh, each year is better than the last year, um, one of the coolest strategic byproducts is just meeting all the other amazing uh, members of the coach. And I just was thinking that there's so many awesome financial advisors within coach and everyone that I meet, I learned something from and I thought there's so much um, intellectual property that could be unlocked by interviewing more of them and hearing their stories. And I just selfishly wanted to unlock all the wisdom and experience from as many uh, strategic coach advisors as possible and learn and share together. So uh, we're super excited um, to have Dan kicking this off for us today. Dan, can you tell us a bit about your vision for the role of advisors in the world today? Yeah, well, first of all, I've been, uh, thanks, uh, Will and Curtis, and it's, uh, you know, it's a pleasure for us, uh, actually an honor to be on the kickoff episode of uh, this new series, this new podcast series. And I think that the, you know, the fact that we're doing this in 2017 and what it would have taken to do something like this back when I first started uh coaching advisors, which was in um, 1976 was the first time I had uh, um, a financial advisor, big uh, uh, top of the table um, life agent. Top of the table had just been created um, in the mid-70s, and, uh, and I just noticed really um, unusual thinking ability on the part of this agent. His name was David Kelper. He was Toronto-based, and he was one of the founding members of Top of, the, Top of the Table. He started off in New York Life, and then I think that he was with Great West, Great West for most of his career. And, uh, you know, I just noticed that there was a very unusual way of thinking that this individual had. But just to frame it properly, if we were to be doing this in 1976, that we were uh, having this type of discussion, um, each episode would have cost probably about $150,000. And we're doing it on a medium um, of the Internet where the costs are absolutely negligible. So the very fact that you and, you know, the two of you and I, you, one in Los Angeles, one in San Francisco, one in Toronto, were able to just very easily, with a push of the button on the, each of our computers, were actually able to, um, you know, we're actually able to create this new communication series. Kind of indicates you where we've come from 1976 technologically, 
and from the standpoint of communication. And I think that the role of financial advisor has been, you know, um, adjusting continually to new technological capabilities. So the answer I would give you to your question in 2017 is probably uh, significantly different than the answer I would have given you maybe five or six years ago. And it has to do with uh, two new technological um, introductions into the financial services market. One of them is the internet period, um, which is now global communication platform. But the other one is the uh, emergence of robo-advisors, where you have artificial intelligence um, now providing a lot of the advising work that's um, good for probably about 80% of the marketplace. And I think that the 10 times advisor is someone um, who is fully uh, aware of what artificial intelligence is doing and the fact that um, boilerplate type of advising where you, you know that you have prepackaged solutions for people uh, cannot be provided much more easily um, in, in a technological format than um, the type of advising um, that we're going to be talking about on this series, which isn't so much a mastery of answers, it's a mastery of questions. So I would say that the biggest single difference between a 10 times advisor and um, the 80% who I think are, will find increasing competition um, in the marketplace with artificial intelligence advisors that, you know, individuals can call up on their phone in a matter of seconds and get probably better answers than the agents or the advisors can give them. So um, we're talking about the 20% of advisors who actually are going to benefit from robo-advisors against the 80% of advisors who are um, going to be hard-pressed to stay up with the ease and the quickness and the low cost quality of robo-advising. So I think this is a very, very significant moment that you have chosen, to, Will and Curtis, to actually launch this series because we're right at a watershed, I think, in advising that's very, very different, significantly different from um, anything that we working with uh, financial advisors in 1976. Well, you know, it's interesting as, as we were, Curtis and I were preparing to have this conversation, he was, he was sharing with me some of the predictions you made in the 21st Century Agent, which I think was written maybe 20 years ago. And one of the things that, that's been interesting to me, just being part of Strategic Coach the last couple of years, is the, the thinking tools that you help us walk through in terms of thinking through how to create value, et cetera. And I know there's going to be some great takeaways when the other advisors share some of their unique processes and how they're differentiating themselves. And one thing that, that I'd love to have you talk to us a little bit about today is, you know, when you think back over those 40 years, what have you noticed about the changes in their businesses when advisors start to create some unique processes and ways to create value for their clients? just a little history on a unique process and I'll give a definition 
it's where you're not really offering to your uh, you know your prospects or your existing clients so much products which you know are basically financial agreements which are electronically programmed now like we talk about a life insurance policy as a product but there you know i mean there's a piece of paper um but that's not really the product uh, it's it's an algorithm that is a set of electronic signals that if a, a certain event happens in the future then um, um, a uh, electronic algorithm is triggered um, which then generates um, you know the um, um, death benefit or uh, it, you know it's it's already set up as a result of uh, the person actually signing up for a particular type of insurance policy so the product really i mean it's not like a product a physical product on the shelf it's a, first of all it's an agreement um between a credit worthy client with a trustworthy uh financial services uh company that's underwriting the um, particular issue and so that's becoming more and more abstract i mean they have to know what you know what it is that they're actually purchasing and you know it has to be backed up by a triple a you know, AAA credit credit rating as far as the financial services institution. But one of the things is that um, you know um, is that it takes a quite a bit of conceptual uh, capability on the part of the agent to realize that what they're actually purchasing is a relationship, first of all, with the advisor, and a relationship with a credit worthy. Uh, underwriting organization and um, you know uh, a relationship with a future financial transaction so that's what's being created so the first word I'm going to use is that what what's being purchased is a relationship and then um, just to go back to my notion that the answers that are necessary to create these agreements for the most part, are programmed into um, uh, very, very sophisticated uh, financial um, processes, you know, and um, which take into account, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the insurability of the the person. And I'm I'm talking here about primarily about insurance because I think insurance is one of the most amazing. Life insurance is one of the most amazing human inventions of all time and um but this is now more and more electronically programmed into algorithms which are actually the um the answer and the solution so um one thing a really great advisor has to do right now is uh what value am i to someone and your value is in asking questions that the person can't ask themselves and that's based on a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience and uh, mostly it's based on uh, knowledge of what life looks like through someone else's eyes because um, um, to be a really great um, i'll call it a salesperson here uh, in the financial services industry requires an enormous amount of skill 
to get out of your own brain and get across the table or you know into a, the next chair and actually see the world through the other person's eyes and the only way that you can access their understanding of the future is by asking not providing them with great answers but by asking them great questions which allows them to actually generate for you if you're the advisor a picture of what's most meaningful to them what's most important to them in the future so i've just made a couple of distinctions there one is that um, um, answers um, can now be provided by artificial intelligence much more readily than years and years of training and memorizing certain answers and this is i think caused um, the um, elimination of you know large percentage of financial advisors who were product based uh, product based and they only represented one company and um, they the only knowledge they had was the knowledge that the company wanted them to have which was certainly true in the 1970s and 80s and what is happening now is as i look at the uh, you know as i look at the advisors who are prospering the more technological the world becomes what i'm noticing more and more is that they're phenomenally good at questions which generate um, real creativity in the minds of their prospects and clarity about their futures and then what you have is a thinking process you know first of all i'm going to ask you about this and you know just like if it was you know our famous question that we have in strategic coach you know if we were having this discussion today and it was three years from now and you named the date and you're the two of us are having a conversation and you're looking back three years uh what has to happen over that three-year period for you to feel happy with your progress both personally and professionally and then the really smart advisor just stops talking and allows the other person just to entertain the question and what will come out of that is knowledge that the advisor could not have had before because it's this person's yardstick for actually measuring um, their personal progress and there's only one expert and one source of information on that and that's the um, you know the client or the, the prospective client or the existing client um, because people's lives change and um, so what you find is that there's a particular process that really works for you as an individual advisor and you say i'm going to go through a five-step or a seven-step thinking process but the first thing i have to know is what's your yardstick for success personal success that makes you happy so it's two things it's a measurement but it also makes you happy and there's only one expert on what's going to make someone happy and that's them and it's only in relationship to their future and three years is a really good starting point so we start all of our processes with the three-year question that gets that information and this has nothing to do with um, um you know the company that the advisor represents it has nothing to do with the advisor himself or herself it has to do with what's going on in the mind of another person 
and then you begin a process where you use the raw material that they're providing you you know three years from now this has to happen and 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 the second thing that i should say right here is that this is not a closed-ended question in other words you're not manipulating the other person by forcing them to come up with the answer that you want them to have but you're leaving it open that they just describe their future now some of that future will probably concern you some of that future will actually um, you know um, connect directly with value that you can create for this individual once you're clear about what they're doing but they have many many needs and you got to be willing to listen to all the needs and this will then enable you to network with other um, uh, you know, excellent consultants or experts on various solutions in the marketplace, and you'll be the provider of connecting them with lots of other people who could help them. And you got to be open to growing into that role. Um, but everything is based on your unique process, and uh, and so uh, that's the starting point for it. So we've been teaching this in Strategic Coach now for. Um, certainly 20 years and uh, there's a history to why I came up with that which is probably the topic for another you know another question on your uh, on your part but that that's the thinking that I've arrived at you know here in 2017 and um, it takes a, kind of an unusual individual to approach the marketplace in this fashion Dan, is that um, you know? Thanks to you, I was able to come up with a unique process, and it's dramatically transformed my approach to the marketplace. Far from being just a financial planner, now my goal is to be my client's you know strategic breakthrough partner. So I, I have to thank you from that. And really, where that came from is the work that you helped me do early on on getting clear on my unique ability and. Um, so what, what have you noticed over the years about the productivity and happiness of those you've coached who step into their unique ability fully? Well, first of all, it's, um, you know, it takes a lot of courage because, um, um, you know, I mean, if you're just starting off, I know Will is fairly new, you know, uh, uh, he's kind of spectacularly new because he's had remarkable success in a short period of time. But frequently, the advisors who come into Strategic Coach have, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years of uh, experience. And, you know, and, you know, we all have to start somewhere and you learn with the tools that have already been created. You start off with the de definition of what your business is that's provided to you, uh, provided to you by other people. And, um, you know, and so there's, um, there's a period of time where you just have to master certain things that other people already know, how to organize your day, how to target, you know, identify your target, um, you know, prospects, um, you know, the whole cycle of how the business actually works so that you can get paid. Um, you know, so there's all these things that you have to learn um, and that's just, that would be true about any business, any profession that someone got into. But then there's a dividing line where you're just going to be a representative 
representative of business as usual or you're going to make a departure and you say, well, I, I, I know my ABCs, I know sentence structure, I know what a paragraph is, and I'm going to be start writing some really unique stuff. And, you know, there's legal constraints here and there's regulatory constraints, but you know that as part of your your framework. But but the biggest departure is um, the mindset that uh, this is about my company, this is about my product, this is about me, and I'm going to become as masterful as possible. Or those are just very, very interesting resources, but what's really about is the future of my prospects and how they see it and me becoming as useful as possible to every one of my top clients and helping them plan for breakthroughs, as you, as you have named your process. Um, Curtis, uh, you know, is that uh, it's like in strategic coach, uh, we have tons of thinking processes and tools, but um, that's not really what strategic coach is about. It's, it's about whatever future each of our entrepreneurs has. And what we try to do is use the tools and we create new ones and we adjust ones we already have to be more and more useful and allowing other individuals to be clear about their future and then to be very, very confident about their future and then be very capable about their future. So three things, clarity, confidence, and capability. And uh, that's what a unique process does. So one of the things is I find there's only two types of advisors. Um, The ones who think that all this unique process stuff is just nonsense and uh, they can't see how they would ever get paid by just asking people open-ended questions about their future and they will never do a unique process and therefore they're going to play an answer game and they're up against stiffer and stiffer competition with the robo-advisors and right now a really good robo-advisor can probably replace 80 percent um, you know, uh, uh, the, the person who's just in the 80% of advisors out there. And it's just a matter of time before, you know, consumers understand that I can get more, um, you know, more good out of just interacting on my computer with a robo-advisor than spending my time dealing with someone who's trying to peddle a product to me. Okay, and so I I see that as a game you can't win. And the only question is how clear you are that you have to switch to another gear. Uh, You have to switch to an entirely different dimension. So the big thing is the other type of advisor says, yes, totally all my best, you know, successful client relationships that I've had is where I really allowed the other person um, through the questions that I asked to see a future that they couldn't have seen on their own and then my constant support of the vision that they had for their future then I used all the skills and the resources that I had available to me but then I brought in the skills and resources of other kinds of experts and we created a network of support around that person and uh, 
And I would say the other thing is that the moment that people take this approach, and this will, I know both of you do this, Will and Curtis, and almost all the top advisors, certainly the 10 times advisors, they immediately find out that there's one marketplace, and that's the business owner marketplace, where you can really, really um, capitalize on this approach. Uh, because business owners are the most continuously growing um, insurance clients that you all have. Uh, you know, I mean, first of all, they have both personal requirements, they have company requirements, they have estate requirements, um, they have partnership requirements, they have key person requirements, and then they have, you know, disability, they have, uh, you know, uh, key person insurance. So there's just a vast array of different financial solutions that they need because they're going to experience a growing and constantly changing set of, of issues and problems. So I would say without any doubt that the top advisors that I've experienced over 40 years, after a very short period of time, um, and re realizing where the market is, the business owner market, and these are the self-created um, millionaires, these are the self-created wealthy people. 90% of the people in the top 500 wealthiest Americans, just to use the U.S. as an example, are self-created entrepreneurs. And, uh, you know, and there's, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of more, and for the most part, they have um, haphazard financial advice. Uh, they, don't, they don't really get really good advice, not the type of thing that you're talking about. So that's uh, some of the things that I've known is that when you make the decision to go to process, you go 100%, and once you've gone 100% to unique process, you go um, to the business market. You know, it makes me think of something. I remember you shared one of the earlier workshops where we were talking about scorecards for the first time and mindset. And, and I remember it really well. And you, and you said, you know, we're, we're ultimately looking for those that are, that are like us. And as, as I was listening to you describe the opportunity for us all to work with entrepreneurs, it made me think about how that's what the strategic coach community is. And if we can all work with people that think like us and, and also have to demonstrate value, that, that um, that's more fun for everybody. So it's, so it's part of what you were just describing. Is it as simple as a mindset of attracting others that, that think the same way we do? Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I think the entrepreneurial thing, first of all, the advisor who decides to be um, this unique process advisor is being very entrepreneurial because um, you're taking some basic tools that have been developed in the insurance industry, the financial services industry, and you're utilizing them, but that, that's, that's, you know, uh, you know, it's like a master architect. Well, you need, you need tradespeople who, you know, can provide actual building and construction skills, and you need uh, electricians, and you need plumbers, and everything else. But that's not what you're selling. You're, you're selling a building that will satisfy the future dreams and visions of, um, you know, someone who can write a big check. And so I would liken, you know, the, you know, your architects, you're being the architect of people's future, and you're 
are in a unique position because they have other advisors like they have lawyers, but a lawyer will never take them through this thinking process um, because um, they can't justify the billable hours. Same thing for accountants, their doctor won't do this. You know, they, they don't have any other advisors and I think that the person, people who have been brought up within the insurance framework um, you know, have a huge advantage. I mean, uh, uh, and one is that it's a it's a tough product to sell if you think about it, because the person is essentially writing a check uh, whose ultimate purpose is to provide a solution after they're dead. Okay, and so they're not even going to be around to see the you know the ultimate benefit of what they're doing and the other thing is that nobody buys insurance except out of love for something and the vast majority of financial advisors would never get into and other advisors would never get into so what is the thing that you most love inside of your vision of the future and uh, you know and most people say well they love their family but not necessarily so you know, um, and what it comes down to up for a lot of people, they really love their reputation and they don't want to be seen as a jerk, you know, in the future here. They, they played a really great game, but they lost it on the final play. You know, you, you're always remembered in the future on the basis of what your, uh, you know, how you played the game and did you win the game. And uh, life insurance is one of the, most remarkable vehicles to make sure that the winning is um, top-notch at the end and uh, you know and I'm a you know I'm a big customer so I'm you know I'm a big customer of um, you know insurance as a matter of fact uh, um, about 15 years ago I was giving a speech to a life insurance group and there are about 250 agents and um, I said, I just want to put out a challenge here. I said, I bet I have more insurance coverage than anybody here in the audience. Yeah, and, it was good. and I said, now I want to tell you why that is, because I really believe in life insurance and you really sell life insurance. So um, we have a different relation to life insurance. And I said, but if you believed in life insurance as much as I did, um, then you would sell a lot more life insurance. And I said, I, I really get the importance of uh, what you're selling more than you do. So you come up afterwards and you challenge me and I'll, I'll see if I can match. Nobody, nobody came up to check because, um, you know, life insurance is something they sell. It's not something they buy. And I said, there's a lack of integrity on, my, on the part of most life insurance agents that they're selling up upward into a league which they themselves don't occupy so the best thing any agent can do is to buy the product that they're selling Dan that that is so awesome and I know you shared uh, how how committed you are to the product so uh, I, I love that um, you know, one of the things that I love about every uh, strategic class go that I uh, every strategic class that I go to is just hearing about all the breakthroughs your clients have had and how you know we can learn from each other. Can you reflect a bit on how you have noticed that the best want to get better and always keep learning and growing? 
Yeah, and that's one of the big things, I think, uh, why the uh, business owner market um, really is the unlimited market for 10 times financial advisors. And the reason is that if someone um, works for an organization, they have a cutoff point as far as working, um, you know, which is in the 60s usually. I mean, there's some provisions now. People are going to 70 years old. And about 15 years probably before when they have to stop working, um, you know, and there's no alternative to it, they, they have to. They begin think about um, um, winding down their life rather than ramping up their life. So if you take someone who works for a corporation or works for uh, an institution, um, you know, and they're uh, an employee, you know, and they could be an, an executive employee, but a CEO uh, who doesn't own a corporation is just an employee. You know, they're they're, they're um, you know they're they're expendable. They they don't actually own the corporation that they're directing. Uh, around you know probably fifty fifty five. Um, they're, they're, all they're thinking is going to the end game, which is, you know, within a 10 year period. And if I take a, you know, a 55 year old entrepreneur who's got a prosperous expanding company and they're in a growth industry, uh, very easily that person could be, be thinking, uh, another 10 or 15 years beyond 65. They could, you know, and if they come into strategic coach, they're thinking, you know, because I don't encourage the concept of retirement. I think it's bad for people's thinking to, for entrepreneurs, everybody else, they, you know, I think it's probably prudent that they think about retirement because it's going to be, a, you know, a unavoidable reality. But with entrepreneurs, and I'm a good example now, and this is more meaningful me talking about this because I'm 72 now. And, you know, um, I, my present game plan is a 25-year framework that takes me to age 95. And I can tell you I'm a lot smarter, I'm a lot more successful at 95 than I am at 72, in my mind, okay? So when people approach me with new things, um, I'm all open because my game plan for 95 really calls for me to be operating at a much higher level than I am now. Well, most retirement people who actually follow through on retirement, um, you know, uh, at 95 are an actuarial statistic, you know, but they're, not, <laughs> they're not out there operating anymore. They, you know, they followed the actuarial tables and they, you know, they, they bowed out at 78 or 79 or 80. And so you have a, just a, you have a 10 times bigger market. I mean, if you want to be a 10 times advisor, have a 10 times bigger market with policyholders who have 10 times bigger futures. This is, this is a, a really good way to actually, you know, uh, stack the odds in your favor is uh, just get into a neighborhood where everybody's future is bigger and bigger and they're transformative. These are people who are constantly making themselves better. And um, so um, this is very important. I mean, we're, I'm just developing my thinking in response to your questions here. 
and um, you know, and so I'm just seeing this. I've never quite put this together the way that I am right now on this episode, but that's I'm I'm really seeing this now where. You know, uh, you'd be you, you'd actually be a bit foolish as an advisor to think that you can go ten times without it being within the business owner market. Well, that that's a great takeaway, and and just seeing you work through it just now. I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting idea. And you talked about the transformative people that want to get better because they can. I mean, that's the place where I think we're all going to have more fun and. As you think about, you know, that other so so there's the people that are your ten times people. They're column four on the on the scorecard. And as you as you think about the other opportunity, what do you, how do you think about the the column two or the frustrated people? Do you do you see that as an opportunity for uh, for us all to work with entrepreneurs that that want to get to a better place and perhaps the the questions that we ask can can help them arrive at that point. Yeah, uh, let me ask you a question before I uh, um, I answer yours, and that is that as part of this podcast series, do they actually get a scorecard? I can't see why there wouldn't be. I think we, we would definitely need to create yeah, a scorecard. Is, <laughs> yeah, well, the, the thing is that we're using inside language here, and I just want to make sure the listeners here really comprehend what column four means and what column two, uh, you know, what column two means. So, uh, you know, my, my recommendation w- was as quickly as you can that um, s- since we've launched the episode today in a particular direction, probably you could identify eight mindsets already. I, th- I think one of the big bonuses from your 10 Times Advisor podcast is that they actually have a roadmap you know, um, to actually understand how they can um, be transforming their mindsets um, towards, um, you know, the highest, best way of thinking about their future. And, uh, you know, and as we know in the strategic coach, so, um, so you guys committed to that, you know, because I think it would make a huge difference. We're in. Curtis and I will create the 10X Advisor Scorecard and have it available to people that are listening to this very episode right now. Okay, that's genius, Dan. Yeah, well, you know, you got to practice what you're preaching, you know. I mean, uh, you know, the future gets created by the great questions, and you asked me a great question, so uh, I got to create this future, but... The thing is that what we know from all the work that we've done over the last two years with Mindset Scorecards, that there's a lineup between um, um, uh, two columns which indicate that people are simply heading for a conventional future and two columns that line up for people who are really moving towards a transformative future. And the conventional future is people want to achieve a certain existing type of status and an existing type of uh, society. And the transformative people recognize that the world is changing and that they can actually create a unique future for themselves um, associated with a lot of other unique people. But the characteristic is that they transform themselves continually. They keep getting better. There's no retirement in the transformative world, and there's no, um, you know, measurable end game. It just keeps getting created. Whereas in the 
the conventional world, there's very, very definitely, you know, markers. You have the right kind of house. You live in the right kind of neighborhood. Your kids go to the right kind of schools. You belong to the right clubs. You dress in a particular way. And, you know, and, you know, and uh, nothing wrong with it. The world depends upon having a lot of conventional people. But I don't see 10 times uh, advisors operating with conventional success markers. I think it's a completely different game. It's a very transformative game. Um, and not only do you want to operate in the business owner market, but you want to work with business owners who are transformative individuals. And the reason is, is that they'll keep you on your toes forever. You know, you won't be able to go on cruise control. And, uh, you know, I, I find transform, 10 times transformative agents uh, aren't preoccupied with their golf handicap. <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot of great takeaways there. Yeah, Dan, um, as you know, I've, I've been uh, converted uh, to being a huge believer in breakthroughs uh, available through scorecards. You know, how are you seeing your best clients use the scorecards to both screen out the bad prospects and attract in the best right fit prospects? Yeah, I would say, you know, Will, you hit on this before, but it's that the, um, you know, and in our, you know, learning process for people to create a um, mindset scorecard, you know, we do a very simple exercise. Just write down the names of the best clients that you've ever had and the worst clients you've ever had. You know, it's an easy process. Most people can do it in about five minutes. And then I said, just look at, uh, you know, and engage emotionally the names you put down as the best clients and then uh, just go over and reflect on the worst ones. And what you'll notice is that there's an uh, enormous emotional chasm that lies between those two groups of people. And you just want to stay on the um, best client. And then if you take the individuals, you name them, and let's say you have three of them, three, three is certainly adequate, you simply ask yourself the question, what was it about these individuals that made them the best clients? I mean, I'm saying this for a reason. Uh, why am I saying this? And what you'll notice is that they had certain kinds of mindsets. And one of them was um, they, were, they, they, they were looking for a partner. They weren't looking for a vendor. Okay, so their partnership focus. The other thing is that um, um, they have a great deal of integrity when they tell you that this is what they'll do as part of the partnership they follow through. So they're people of their word. The other thing is that they're, uh, they're willing to take risks to grow. Okay, and so what you'll do is you'll just reflect on the three, maybe you'll add a fourth or fifth person, but in a very short period of time, and we try to restrict it to no more than eight, you'll have eight mindsets that when you check it out, you say, yeah, everybody who's been a great client had at least four or five of these mindsets, and the best ones had all eight mindsets. And then you create a little scoring system, and you say, if I gave um, the highest score, 
to each of you know each of them, I would be able to get an overall score of how they did on the mindsets. I would be able to see that the best one had the highest score, and that the very worst one would have an extraordinarily low score. So I would be very very eager based on a new scoring system that I now have in my mind and I can have it down on paper to screen out forever for the rest of my career anybody who had a score below a certain number okay and uh, didn't have these mindsets at all and I would be eager also to set up a situation where the only people that I'm attracting into my life would be high uh, scores and if I took the mindsets and I applied them to myself, um, you would find that you had a very high score. The reason you love these people is because they actually resonate with your own value system, uh, your own approach to life. And so there's just this phrase I said, you know, here's the truth about your 10 times future. Um, um, the person that the person that you actually are looking for on a continual basis is actually you. You're looking for yourself from a mindset standpoint, you know, from a value standpoint. You're looking for yourself, and um, th this is a huge, huge, um, you know, it's a huge um, uh, distinction. And then you'll notice there's people who are very attracted to those mindsets, but they're not there yet. They're, they're in a state of frustration. They would like to operate in a fully transformative way, but they, they haven't sorted things out. And those are actually the best prospects um, among the business owners. Um, you know, they're, they're frustrated. They want to grow. They, they don't want conventional success. I mean, um, they're going to make money because they're really great at what they do, but money is sort of a scorecard. You know, they, they want to know, they use money to know whether they're winning or losing, but money is not the issue. It's growth that's an issue. It's uh, jumping to higher levels of clarity and confidence and capability. That's, that's their game, and they want to surround themselves with other people who are, who are that way. And, uh, you know, that's what Strategic Coach is about. Um, you know, at the highest level, they're all, they all have 25 year, 10 times, um, you know, measurements that they're going 10 times. And your, your Titans program sounds that this is who you're looking for, for your upcoming conference with, uh, the Titans. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. I mean, we're we're looking for like-minded people that want to learn and grow, just like you are, and that's that's the most successful people that want to get better. And I have to say, uh, and Curtis and I were talking about this earlier. Every time that we talk, my brain hurts in a good way. I feel like it expands just listening to you think through things. And we'll have this scorecard for everybody to fill out the 10x advisor scorecard, and that would be for anybody that isn't in Dan's 10X program that, that qualifies for it and has these mindsets, uh, this will be a great way for them to, to sign up. And I just want to thank you, Dan, for sharing your wisdom today. And also, uh, Curtis, thank you for uh, creating this thing with me. Yeah, and uh, anytime in the future you'd like to get me on, I'll create a whole bunch of new stuff that I don't know I have inside me. <laughs> <laughs> we can't wait, Dan. Thank you. Well, real pleasure, and uh, you know, I, I think this is going to be hugely successful. And uh, 
Yeah, but it is a creative process. There's no blueprint sitting in some drawer that uh, actually shows what the future of the 10 times advisor is. Uh, you know, you have to have your senses out and you say, hey, we can put this together with this and we can put this together with that and you're off and running. And I already have the software platform for you to send out the scorecards. You can use Know Your Score. Um, that coach as the platform, so the technology for sending this out is already for you. That's exciting, and it's going to be really impactful. We, we are grateful, and we are using it regularly, Dan. Um, quick question, what's the best way 